Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast with Sachin Adown and Milo Bhandari, where we will be talking about all the things worth talking about in the magical world of the NBA. I'm your co-host, Milo Bhandari. I'm Sachin Adown. And in today's episode, in segment form, we are going to be talking about three things. One, an update on the awards races and who we have winning, and a reflection on the current MVP order. And we will also be covering some recent games, including Dallas's record-breaking game yesterday uh, against the better judgment. And yeah, alright, so let's get right into it. Alright, so, the first topic that we are going to be talking about is recent games. Alright, so, the first one that we're going to be covering is the Dallas Mavericks game. Now, I think Maryland should go for it because, I mean, this was a big blowout. But, Melon, what was the very important thing that happened yesterday that broke the record? Well, it didn't break record, but it was very close to. What happened was the, like, the longest unanswered scoring run in NBA history. The Dallas Mavericks, in case you didn't know, won by 30 points that game. And they went on a 28-0 run, which is ridiculous. They scored almost as much as the Golden State Warriors did in the first quarter. So that is ridiculous. But when we dive deeper into this subject, we can actually find some interesting answers as to what happened. First of all, Steph Curry, he wasn't on the floor for the majority of that time. Yes, he did play during that, but he still wasn't on that court. So we can really see that the Warriors, they depend on Steph Curry. And they actually get blown out whenever they don't have Steph Curry. They Statistically, they have one of the worst teams in NBA history when Steph Curry isn't on the court. I would this like shows- to add something that helps illustrate your point. Um, statistically, the Warriors are the worst without Steph and Curry. They are, and this is not even a joke, the worst offense ever seen in the past five seasons. With Stephen Curry, they are 13th this season in offense. So that speaks volumes as to how much they depend on Curry offensively and defensively. Precisely. And not only this, Steve Kerr, he actually gave an explanation. He said that the, that the players, they weren't giving it their all. At that point, the Dallas Mavericks had accumulated a solid around 10-point lead when they, decided, when they started to go on their run. I think that personally, the Warriors, they just gave up on any prospect of winning the game and they started to play sloppy. Sachin, do you agree with that, that the Warriors, they just gave up on the game and the prospect of winning it? I can most definitely agree with that. And I think that watching the game, you can see it itself. Now, watching the highlights, obviously you're not going to be able to find that out. But if you actually watch the game and see how, not how good the Dallas Mavericks are playing, but the change in pace and overall effort precisely as a whole at the end. Yes. And how awful they were playing. And so along with that fact, they didn't have any of their star players besides Draymond Green. Not only Steph Curry, they didn't have Andrew Wiggins. They didn't have um, James Wiseman, obviously. So I think that all that accumulated into just an awful game played by the Golden State Warriors. And not, so I don't think that we should be talking about that game forever because there are a bunch of other interesting games that I think that we should talk about. Sachin, would you like to cover one of the games?
Another game that I would love to talk about was the Oklahoma City Thunder versus Boston Celtics game. So surprisingly, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Boston Celtics by one. By a solid four points. So the Boston Celtics, they've been known to be beaten by teams of a lesser caliber. For example, earlier in this season, they were taken down by none, none other than the New Orleans Pelicans. And also, when we're, when we're talking about this defeat, we should also talk about how Jason Tatum did not play. And he is often considered to be the cornerstone of the Boston Celtics franchise right now. In fact, Jason Tatum was the only real starter who contributed. He actually dropped almost 40 points. And so Sachin, what do you think about this stunning loss? Well, I think that once again, it also speaks volumes about the teams playing. For one thing, the Thunder, yeah, I mean, they're not the best team in the West necessarily, but the Thunder are still rebuilding and they're honestly really, really solid. I mean, you've got Dort, who's going to be an amazing player. Uh, you've got really nice pieces, right? And then having Chris Paul trade away, I know this was a while ago, but still removing players that are a little bit older, also larger contracts, it's always a great start. They had a couple of picks lined up for them. But, I mean, I think the Thunder are in a great position right now because the Thunder, who are currently in a very low position, I think something like 30% winning percentage right now, so 21 and 41, yes, it's not great, but I think they're in a great rebuilding phase right now. And this win speaks volumes that even a team who is very good, one slight slip up, one tiny little chip in their armor. And by Jason Tatum, I think you mean Jalen Brown had almost 40 points, if I'm correct. Um, one tiny little chip in their armor, and the Thunder will take advantage of them. So... <clears throat> I think they did exactly that yesterday, and this 119 to 115 loss for the Celtics also shows that while the Celtics are most definitely next up, and no one's doubting that, Jason Tatum is amazing, so is Jalen Brown. You've got amazing pieces like Tristan Thompson, Evan Fournier, Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard. You've got such amazing pieces surrounding already amazing players, and Jason Tatum is most definitely going to be a superstar if not he already is one um i do think that the celtics it doesn't mean they can just rest up and say all right we'll win these we'll win all these games they're roughly 500 right now which isn't necessarily that good of a record so they still need some work in before they can become you know a top team in the league and yeah that's about all i have to say All right. I think that it's time that we move into our next segment, which is, in fact, um, which is the award. So, Sachin, right now, obviously, Nikola Jokic is looking like he's going to win MVP. But you personally, who do you think is going to win the MVP? That's not Nikola Jokic and not Steph Curry, because I know how you think. Um, excuse me? I was not. Yeah, I was, I was going to pick Steph Curry. Um. Well, I mean, if you're excluding Jokic and Stephen Curry, those are really my two MVP candidates. I'd have Curry at first and then Jokic a very close second. Maybe there's a little bit of bias in there. I don't really think so. I think statistically, aside from Warriors wins, like if wins were not a factor, Curry would be blowing the competition away so hard it wouldn't even be funny. I mean, 
it, I mean, he would just be absolutely demolishing them. He has the story and the stats. Only issues, Warriors wins. Um, but if we're talking aside from them, honestly, this is a really, really tough question. But I'd still say Jokic for MVP. I mean, I know you made it a rule that you can't pick him, but is there really any other choice? He has the wins. I mean, the Nuggets are most likely going to have some championships, some rings in their future with this cornerstone combination of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And they might even become a dynasty. So, um, Sachin, um, to answer your question, recently Chris Paul has been taken very seriously in the MVP conversation. Them being the number two team in the NBA right behind the Utah Jazz. And while Chris Paul, he doesn't look like he has the numbers – he clearly has made a huge impact on this team. And just for reference, he's averaging 16 points per game and nine rebounds. Sorry, nine no, assists. No, of course. That's one of the main narratives about Paul being in the MVP race. His stats don't necessarily reflect it completely, but he is absolutely deserving of an MVP. And while I agree, I still don't know if I would pick Paul. Now, granted, I really love Chris Paul. He's an amazing player. Um, but I really don't know if I'm going to pick him, although he is very solidly up there. The Phoenix Suns are doing amazing. I mean, a couple seasons back, they were one of the worst teams. Now look at them. They're amazing. So I think that this is great, and this really shows Paul's not just the stats, really, because he's never been about stats, but his leadership. I don't think that this is arguable. Milan, do you agree with me that Chris Paul is one of the greatest, not just point guards, but leaders of all time in NBA history. Yeah, he is certainly an an exceptional leader, but he still doesn't have a ring. So everyone is hoping that he can maybe change that false narrative about him, that he can't produce championships. He can can produce wins in the regular season, but he can't produce championships. But maybe this year in Phoenix is the year. Sachin, what do you think about that? Here's what I think about that. The Suns don't really have that. I don't know if I will pick them to win a ring. I don't know if they have that much of a chance. Um, But they are certainly up there. The Suns are surprising many people. And here's what I'll say. I don't have Paul. I don't pick Paul for winning MVP this year. However, if the Suns end up winning a ring, which is honestly fairly possible, if they end up winning a ring, And Paul, next season, still with the Suns, keeps up their record and his stats. I can almost guarantee he's going to win MVP, regardless, regardless of if Jokic is putting up his same stats. That's because the Suns were nowhere close. They weren't even a mediocre team in the NBA a couple years ago. Now, they've slightly dug themselves out of the hole, but then as soon as Paul came in, They were elevated to an above-average team in the NBA, and at this point, the second-best team in the West, which is extremely hard. So, absolutely Second-best team in the NBA, Sachin? In the NBA. Sorry. But, I mean, that just shows how much of a leader this guy is. Like, Chris Paul is an absolutely amazing leader, and he's an amazing player as a whole. I mean, he can pretty much take any team and get them far. They, they pushed the Rockets to seven games in the bubble. I mean, are you kidding me? It, considering the state that they were in before, I mean, I, do, I did not see that as possible. But Chris Paul managed to do it, and he is pushing this Suns team, 
who has a lot of young players, DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker, and then you combine a seasoned, experienced point guard like Chris Paul, and you're having a very, very scary team. And I think that Chris Paul, if he can elevate them to championship level, I mean, you'll have a new MVP for next year. What do you think of that statement, Millen? I completely agree with that statement. Very well put. And now I have a transition to our next topic. So talking about Billy Donovan, he is coaching the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago Bulls have a decent chance of making the play-in tournament. So Sachin, what are your thoughts about the play-in tournament? Well, I mean, it's kind of similar to the Bulls playoffs. I mean, I don't know if I'm too excited for it because you're kind of shifting how the playoffs were played. But you know what? Change is good. Change is what pushes the game forward, and that's how trailblazers can be born. I mean, Stephen Curry, if the game was said that you can only play like this, you can only have this, six foot six foot five and under is not allowed in the NBA, Stephen Curry never would have blessed us with the entire three-point movement. So, I mean, if you have change in the game, that's always great because there's always going to be people who come in, accept that, and just pave a way for other players to follow. So I think that this is great. And you know what? This could be really, really exciting. I mean, this makes the playoffs just also uh, that much more competitive. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. I am too. And with all this being said, I think that that is the Daily Post podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in.